in an accident? Ask attorney Adam Kuttner, 702-382-0000. That's 382-0000. Hi, this is Gordy Brown, inviting you all to come and see my show, Blasting Impressions, in the Golden Nugget Showroom, Thursday and Saturday nights, 7.30 p.m. Tickets are available online at Ticketmaster.com. So come on down and let's have fun. Yep, 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 I look forward to seeing you there. Ralph Sirocco hosts Race Day Las Vegas. Mornings at 1400 KSHB North Las Vegas. Online at KSHB.com. And oh, he hits the upright again. That's impossible. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. Doink, doink. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know. I had an idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea, and then, uh... Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about anything. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know. I had an idea. That's the result you're going to get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. laugh. The doctor is now in. Terrible Tuesday it is, uh, unfortunately, for a lot of NFL players because today is NFL Cut Day. But it's Terrible Tuesday for us because, of course, as you know, it's one of our favorite days of the week because we get to vent our frustrations of what makes us sick in the sporting world and what we heard, saw over the last weekend. Glad to have you with us. T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank, Numchuk, our producer extraordinaire. Look at that. I gave you I gave you a compliment. You like that? He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to react. Oh. It's like uh He's waiting for the punchline is what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, it's like Red Fox. I'm gonna go go back to your old school. There you go. You know how Red used to grab his heart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh in Sanford and something. I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> See you got, you got Frank to smile there. There it is. Today on the program, we were gonna talk about uh, the NFL cuts. We'll keep you updated on what is happening with the Raiders and their latest uh, cuts as well, too. Take you throughout the NFL, see who uh, may be looking for jobs. NFL cut day today. Uh, all the teams getting down to their 53-man roster. TJ Reeves will join us today from Tampa Bay. We'll get uh, his thoughts on the Buccaneers and uh, plenty more throughout uh, the NFL. And, of course, some great Terrible Tuesday takes, as usual. Now, when you say that it's Terrible Tuesday, is it terrible for some of the NFL players, or is it just Reality Tuesday? Because some of these guys probably should have known, but, you know, you still keep the dream alive. And I believe it was Wheezy. With Red Fox, I believe it was I'm Coming Wheezy. That wasn't that who he was? I'm Coming Wheezy. I don't think it was Wheezy. No, 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 no. It was like Lorraine or somebody like that, because Wheezy oh, no, was the Jeffersons. Oh, man, yeah, yeah, Wheezy was the Jeffersons. What was the Red Fox? What was Sam for? Oh. Right. I'm Coming Elizabeth or something? I don't remember. Yeah. Here it comes. I might need that money tonight. Oh, I've never had pains like this before. Oh, this is the worst one I ever had, son. Oh, it's the worst one. This is a big one. I'm dying. You hear that, Elizabeth? Elizabeth. There it is. So I was right. Yeah. I said earlier, in like my, when I tried to replay it in my head. Elizabeth. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah. We, Weezy was uh, yeah, Weezy about a was decade later. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> But yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah, Red Fox stand up a little bit different than the TV show. <laughs> yeah. very, very, very true. <laughs> or was that Macho Man Randy Savage? Oh, I feel it coming, Elizabeth. Yeah, you're messing around with that Lex Luger. I'm coming after him. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not the one that got in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, he what? should have taken on Lex Luger and Luger in the ring before uh, she ever hooked up with man with him. Uh, may they rest in peace. Randy Poffo, Randy Macho Man Savage, great guy. Really like that guy. And Elizabeth, Lex Luger, man, we talked about this before. See how he looked, how he's looking today. Not good. I mean, it's it's not doesn't even look anything close to that same guy. But again, shows you what uh, can happen if you're on the roids, right? Yeah, and when you quit taking them and the body starts breaking down and you get old, mm. things happen. Mm. All right, so back to. Your question or statement is, of course, it's terrible because everybody wants to be an NFL player. They want to garnish that big paycheck and that fame and, and, and have a career. And for a lot of these guys, this is it. Some guys will, you know, 
Very few of them will get relegated to the practice squad. Other guys will try to latch on with other teams, and others won't play football ever again. So, yeah. Some might go up to Canada or something or try other things. So, you know. I mean, NFL Europe, and and I I know it's terrible, but I'm just saying, is it reality for some of them that it's, you know, unfortunately, maybe time to start the next episode of your life? Well, it wasn't reality for Cam Newton. And here's a guy that uh, didn't think he was going to be cut. And the New England Patriots uh, released him this morning, getting down to their 53-man roster. Mac Jones, the starter. And uh, Bill Belichick uh, named, actually, Cam Newton the starter two weeks ago. If you remember how this whole thing unfolded. Then Cam Newton missed a few days of training camp. Jones got more reps with the starters. And even uh, yesterday... Bill Belichick, when asked, okay, so who's your starter going to be for week one? And he was noncommittal as of yesterday. And uh, today, they say, you know what, we're bringing Cam Newton in. We're going to tell him that uh, that he's cut, that he's waived. And uh, Mac Jones, come on here. This is your football team. So Cam Newton gets uh, cut today. Obviously, the biggest name that got released. And a little bit of a surprise. Now, we knew that that this was going to be a quarterback battle. It wasn't a given just because Cam Newton's a former MVP. It wasn't that he was just going to be handed the job. It was going to be open competition. And any time a team drafts a quarterback in the first round, especially in the first half of the first round, Mac Jones went number 15 out of Alabama, and you knew that he was probably going to be a good fit. Definitely a better fit than Cam Newton. Cam Newton was a stopgap. Okay, Cam Newton became available. He was there last year, didn't have a great season, was not the same Cam Newton that we saw in Carolina in the MVP season, went to the Super Bowl. No, not at all. Injuries caught up to Cam Newton, specifically that shoulder, but there's a lot of other factors involved here as well, too. So even though it came as a big shock and a big surprise that it actually happened, we've been talking about this for the past few weeks that How long is Cam Newton going to be a member of the New England Patriots? A lot of people didn't see it coming immediately today, but there was question whether he was going to be the starter week one. And now we know not only is he not the starter week one, it's going to be Mac Jones, but Cam Newton, for the time being, is out of a job. Yeah, and you know, you talked about there's other circumstances involved around it. And I have to ask myself, because I've been wondering since I saw that when I got up this morning and looked, was this or did it have anything to do with the locker room situation and his reluctance or hesitation or downright refusal to take the vaccine and different things like that and dividing things out a little bit. So was there a separation there where they were just like, look, you know, if you're going to potentially cost us games or something else or not be part of the whole team plan and the game plan and that, you know, then then I don't want you around here because you certainly want – you need a backup quarterback – whether it's Jones or whether Newton was going to be the backup, he's got experience. He knows the system, everything else there. So, you know, I believe we just had a guest on yesterday who said that he thought that Cam would be starting at the season, you know, and Jones might come in a little bit later on or something. Now we've seen two situations where rookie quarterbacks that we thought were in quarterback battles with Jacksonville and now with New England, and one of the members that was in the battle are gone. So it's like, here you go, Rook. Here's the keys. Drive the car. So it it is interesting. I'm also curious to see where he lands. And if he does, you know, I I think he'll get a job someplace. But, I mean, but if he does land someplace, will it be strictly as a backup or is he going to land someplace where he can fight for a starting Mm -hmm. job? At this point of the season, it seems difficult that he would land someplace where he could get a starting gig. A lot of factors here. A lot to hit on. And I'll give you my factors why I think that New England did this. But first, I'll address what you just said about Cam Newton getting a job right away. I say no, he doesn't get a job right away because there are no jobs available. you got to remember that there, an entire offseason went, went through here, uh, OTAs, and then you had training camps. And you have guys that are battling out, and there were two, three, sometimes four quarterbacks in everyone's camp, all 32 teams. No one has an available roster spot right now. So Cam Newton's not going to be on anybody's roster opening day, more than likely, unless they feel, okay, there's a history, there's a past history with an offensive coordinator or a head coach, maybe even a quarterback's coach with Cam Newton, say, let's bring this guy on. 
We will work out a deal that's going to be cap-friendly to us. He's going to take the bare-bones minimum, which Cam Newton would have to agree to. And knowing that he's not going to be the opening week starter. Okay, so I, I think it's highly unlikely for that scenario to play out. I think the most likely scenario, when we've seen this happen before, where we've seen veterans get cut on uh, you know prior to week one, is that if there is a significant injury to a quarterback, whether it's week one, week five, week eight, whatever it is, that's when Cam Newton is going to get a phone call from somebody. He said, hey, we're in the middle of the season now. Uh, you know, our, our, our backup is, isn't as good as, as we thought. Uh, we don't have a guy in the practice squad. Uh, instead of a street-free agent, let's go after a proven commodity in Cam Newton and throw him into the thrust during that point in time. I think that's the only way right now that he probably get, gets on with an NFL team during the course of the season if there is an injury, whether Dallas comes to my mind that, okay, if Dak Prescott gets re-injured or Dak Prescott's injury is a lot worse than, than they think it is, then that makes sense because Jerry Jones has taken shots on guys like Cam Newton before. That, that makes sense. You know, something happens to Andy Dalton. I'm not sure if he'd be a good fit with the Bears or not, but those type of situations, I think, okay, let's let's throw this guy in the mix. For a week one starter, there's no way in the world Cam Newton is going to come in and learn someone's playbook when there are at least two guys ahead of him right now. So that's what I think. I think that uh, we're not going to see Cam Newton until there's a significant injury with another team. Uh, as far as factors for his release... I applaud the New England Patriots. I think it is a great move on their part, and I'll tell you why. Okay, Cam Newton, if you're gonna if you are gonna go with Mac Jones and you're gonna have an open quarterback battle like they did in preseason, Mac Jones wins the job. Okay? And we can rattle off numbers and I'll rattle off some numbers for you. Okay. Cam Newton was fourteen for twenty one, nothing great, hundred and sixty two yards during the preseason games, one touchdown, one interception. Mac Jones got a majority of the snaps. Even though Newton started all three preseason games, Mac Jones basically played almost triple the playing time that Newton did because they wanted to look at this guy. He was their draft pick. He is going to be the future. So if he has shown you enough that he is better than Cam Newton right now, or even if they're equal, you are going to select Mac Jones over Cam Newton because he is your future. He's what you're investing in. You're going to invest in a guy that's 22 years old. He was 36 for 52, 389 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. And here's a stat I think that the Patriots looked at here. Okay, they look at one, one touchdown. They go, well, okay, that's not much. Mac Jones led eight drives during the exhibition games. The Patriots scored on all eight of those drives. He commanded the huddle much better than Cam Newton. And in those three days, those three practices, which they initially thought were going to be five, when Cam Newton bolted out of there to go get another medical opinion, and he had to go through COVID protocols because he wasn't vaccinated, which is a huge factor here as well, too. Let's let's not sugarcoat that. That's a big factor. And that's why I threw that in there. Absolutely. And it is a factor. And Bill Belichick wants him to be vaccinated. He doesn't like his guy bolting and missing camp before the last preseason game. So I think those were all factors as well, too. But the bottom line is, Mac Jones was going to be the guy, but Belichick wasn't going to commit to him until he saw what he could do. Belichick said what he saw in Newton, or rather, I'm sorry, what he saw in Mac Jones during that time that Newton was gone, in those uh, joint practices, he noticed that how he had complete command of the huddle, had complete command of the line of scrimmage, how he checked off when he needed to check off, and how the chemistry just really grew when he was working with the first-team guys. And I think for Belichick, he said, you know, this is going to be our guy. Let me think about this for a couple days. Non-committal yesterday. And today he said, you know what, we're going to make this move. And so I, I applaud the Patriots for, for going with this move. They got rid of him for because he was not vaccinated. They don't want that drama. They don't want to have that locker room chaos, which we've talked about before, whether it's Cam Newton, whether it's Lamar Jackson or something else like that. And why do you want to deal with drama? 
Say Mac Jones has a bad game in the opener or in week two or three, or especially when Tom Brady comes rolling to town, what, in week four, right? You know Brady's going to want to get after it when, when, uh, when the, the Buccaneers face the Patriots. No question about it. He has one bad game. Here comes the press conference. Here comes the, the, the scrutiny. He's like, well, when are you going to go to Cam? When are you going to go to Cam? And then we've got to look at Cam Newton with the goofy hair, you know, showing up, you know, in the George Clinton, you know, outfits uh, on game day and that sort of thing. Take that whole drama and that whole quarterback competition element and get it out of your system as quickly as you possibly can because he's still going to be compared to Tom Brady. Whether it's Newton, whether it's Brian Hoyer, you know, who's, who's now the backup, who's been in New England before, who backed up Brady back in the day, or it's Mac Jones, you're always going to have to deal with those type of questions. You don't need a polarizing figure like Cam Newton around your team if it's only going to cause problems when he's going to want to play you're going to be you know pretty much questioning yourself hey should I put this guy in no you get him out of the mix and say you know what if we got to take our lumps we take our lumps but we believe in Mac Jones and let's go forward and your team will be better for it at least from a team chemistry perspective yeah and I don't disagree with you at all with anything you said there and with Newton being gone the reason I said uh, you know, will he catch on with somebody? And now you said you don't think it's going to be right away is because of a story that I saw earlier today. And uh, ESPN's Jordan Schultz has been reporting, and you kind of touched on this, that this could be a landing point for him, that the Dallas Cowboys are indeed looking at possibly signing Cam Newton. Uh, right now on the Cowboys' depth chart, Cooper Rush is the only quarterback on the team after Dak Prescott. So to have a veteran QB or somebody that would be there, and, you know, plays a similar type of game in some ways, athleticism and that sort of things, you know. And Jerry Jones, like you said, isn't afraid to take a shot. That's why I'm thinking. I agree with you. I don't think he gets a job right away. But it wouldn't shock me either if somebody like the Cowboys, who don't really have quarterback depth, who know that Prescott got hurt last year, we're looking at a 17-game season coming up, what would prevent them from signing Newton right now, putting Cooper Rush on the practice squad and having him as that third stringer that's not on the roster, slide Cam Newton in and let him learn the system while Prescott's out on the field in case they need somebody should something go wrong with Prescott again. So that's why I don't think there's a lot of potential landing places, but I do think that that would be a potential one. That's why I said I don't know. I don't know if we see him week one, but I'm not sure how long he's going to be unemployed. Yeah. And that would be an interesting scenario. And again, that's why I brought it up too. It's like, okay, makes a little bit of sense. More of the fact is that you've got Jerry Jones. And Jerry Jones it will, will take op, you know, take chances like this. We've, we've seen that before. And Jerry Jones but, thinks he's the coach, GM, and everything else yeah, out there. And, yeah. and oftentimes, one of the reasons that the Cowboys haven't had the success that maybe they could have is because he interjects mm-hmm. his thoughts and opinions too much. And think about that dynamic, though, okay? How is Cam Newton going to react? And more importantly, how would Dak Prescott react to that situation? Because Dak Prescott has been wanting to get on the field during the preseason, and they wouldn't let him get on. They said, no, no, you're not ready. We're going to save you in that. But there are huge question marks how ready Dak Prescott is. And then if you have a guy like Cam Newton, who is you know your, your elder statesman and a guy – I believe that Dak Prescott would, would look up to, but, but you just don't know the dynamics of, of how that would work when you have a guy like, okay, this is your team. We got rid of Tony Romo for you being Dak Prescott, and now you're bringing a guy in that you know is not really going to be the future of your team, but then he's just a polarizing figure as a backup. I don't think it does the Cowboys any good. Really, I don't think it does any team really any good to have a guy like Cam Newton in unless you have a very young quarterback that you're still not sure that he's your future. And I go back to the Bears for that situation. Andy Dalton is a stopgap. He is basically like a Cam Newton. He's there basically to drive the car until Justin Fields is ready. And Justin Fields would say, hey, I'll take a back seat to Cam Newton. I could just see that. I, I, I definitely think so. I don't think so. I think, I, so. I think Justin yeah. Fields wants to play right now, regardless of who it is. I think Justin Fields feels I'm a first-round draft pick 
put me in, let me learn this game because I'm ready to go. I think he thinks that way because it's Andy Dalton. Because Justin feels if he's being true to his heart and himself, he knows he's not ready. If he gets thrown to the wolves, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But again, this really isn't about him. It's about where Cam Newton could land. And I think a lot of people like to jump at this like, well, he's going to land here. He's going to land there. Right now, there is no job for Cam Newton. And again, not being vaccinated, huge, huge. No one wants to bring that in. Polarizing figure, a me first guy. Who wants to bring that guy in? And we saw how many people wanted to bring him in before when he got cut loose by Carolina. There wasn't a lot of people lining up. If you remember, he was hanging out there for quite some time. And then Bill Belichick says, we lost Tom Brady. (sighs) I really don't know if I want to do this, but he's probably going to be our best option since they weren't happy with the kid they drafted out of Auburn the year before. And they said, okay, we'll just wait. Now they got a guy that they feel is like proved it at the collegiate level. He's proved it in training camp. And he was better than Cam Newton, a former MVP. So I think that Bill Belichick feels good about that. So I think every situation is a little bit different. But, uh, you know, time will tell what happens here. Thank you for making my argument to some point. Because you just said that Justin Fields in Chicago would go, oh, yeah, the guy that couldn't beat out Mac Jones – yeah, but I'm going to respect him and be willing to be his backup. He would not. If Cam Newton's there, I guarantee you at this stage, the way that Cam Newton's played recently and the fact that he was just cut from New England, Justin Fields would feel that he should start over him. You don't know that, though, because you know how these guys I've are. Seen, I've heard no, Justin Fields no. in interviews. Yeah. I heard him say after the first okay. game, oh, this game is not the, as fast okay. as I thought. First His ego is humongous. Okay. It's, it's gigantic, and it should be, and it needs to be. He is not taking second fiddle to Cam Newton. You don't know that. You don't because... I, I, Frank, no, you're right. I don't know it, no, but I pretty damn well suspect no, no, it, be, and I and I, and I you've believe seen, it. You've seen just like I have. Okay, guys, look up to certain people. He is going to look differently at Cam Newton than he would Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, he's been competing with in an open quarterback competition, and more than likely, probably doesn't respect Andy Dalton. But with Cam Newton, a guy who he probably idolized, if you ask him, I guarantee you, uh, another black quarterback that again, grew up in the same area where he did, more than likely there is a connection there where, yeah, he would, under, he would, he would go ahead and say, this is an elder statesman who's proven it, who's MVP. Andy Dalton's never been nothing. And, 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 but you don't think that also in the back of his mind he'd be saying then, I'm admitting that Mac Jones is a better uh, rookie quarterback than I am That's right now? That's got nothing to do with it. You're 22 years old, and you're on a bad football team. I think it does have something to you do know? with it. I think you're, the whole picture comes in. No. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be willing to be the backup to this guy who just got cut because they're well, going with Mac Jones. Well, nobody wants to be a backup. But I'm telling you, I, I do not believe Justin Fields, from everything I've seen of him at Ohio State, okay. Okay, and even this year in the preseason. Why are we talking that, about Justin Fields, though? He's a backup. This We're talking about but the But he Patriots, doesn't think yeah. he's a backup now. Okay. He's already said he's not a backup so with the I, Bears. I brought up the Bears as, again, I, I don't like doing this by saying Cam Newton's going to land. He's not landing anywhere right now. It, it, let's, let's report on – let's talk about stories that are relevant and what, what, what are happening. Right now, Cam Newton is a backup, looking for a job. His quote today was, hey, don't worry about me. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm good. That's good. I don't want to worry about Cam Newton. And a lot of people don't care about Cam Newton. And again, there is no job for Cam Newton. There's only going to be a job if somebody gets injured right now. Even in Dallas right now, Jerry Jones probably isn't going to sign him tomorrow because there's no job. You know why? Because Jerry Jones is going to be honorable to Cooper Rush because he's been there for four years. He's going he's to be more loyal to him and Dak Prescott, who is his you know, future. And he said bye to Tony Romo. Dak Prescott, you're a guy. Cooper Rush, you're going to back him up. And, you know, so, again, a lot of people like to say, hey, that makes sense. This guy can go there and go there. Okay, that's good for, for fodder. I guess it's good for talk radio. But I like to focus on what's what's in front of us right now. Cam Newton is unemployed. So you don't want uh, Cam Newton to be the uh, offshoot of the Aaron Rodgers during the offseason, and now we can talk about him. In the, but no, and I agree with you in some things, but if, if Jerry Jones thinks that Cam Newton could improve that team, 
He would put Cam Newton on there. He's team. not going to play though. But but even he's if not he gonna play. but even if he thinks he's a more solid backup, he could yeah. still not cut right. Cooper Rush necessarily. But Jerry Jones being loyal to somebody just because he's been there for four years, no, I no. don't see that because he knows the system. He's been there. And Cam Newton would have to learn an entire new playbook, which, which isn't easy. And again, you're only going to bring. A, first of all, you'd you'd have to. Okay, if we're going to play this game. You talk to Cam Newton and say, okay, you're going to you're going to back up Dak, Dak Prescott. What's Cam Newton going to say? Well, knowing and and, and, and and that's the first. That's why yeah. I said yeah. right at the very start of the show right. today. If you could get him to be willing and take that backup right. role, because I don't see his ego doing that. Right. He wants to go someplace he can compete. And right now, that's where we're totally on the same page. There isn't one. Chicago is a thing where he's going to go, well, I'm better than Andy Dalton. I'm definitely better than Justin Fields. So that makes sense because he's going to sign. If he gets an offer, he's going to sign where he believes he could play immediately, right? That's, that's, that's I believe, that he's going to do. But, yeah, but you got Dalton under a contract. you got Fields with your future. Well, contracts kind of mean or... nothing, though, because they're, they're gone. Now, Cam Newton, here's, here's part of the thing, too. There, there is a money situation here. Now, a lot of people won't even talk about this because they think the money is minimal here. But Cam Newton was making $3.5 million. I mean, which is a joke for an NFL quarterback, especially for a former MVP. But, again, I don't think he's MVP. Where His best days are long gone. He was going to make $5.1 million this year if he was named the starter. And then he could have made up to $13.5 million if he was the starter for a majority of the games and they made the playoffs. So, again, if you're Bill Belichick and you're Robert Kraft, you're saying, okay, hmm, take a shot with Cam Newton, keep him around, maybe he's a starter, this and that, and we might pay him thirteen point five. No, we're stuck to paying Mac Jones what we got to pay him with the rookie minimum anyway. So we're going to do that. Plus, we don't want the drama. Max Jones is vaccinated. Cam Newton's not. We don't want the drama. And I think it's a great move for the Patriots. I think, you know, will Mac Jones struggle? Probably. Just like Trevor Lawrence is going to struggle. Just like once Justin Fields gets in, he's going to struggle. I think a lot of these guys are going to struggle. Well, pretty much yeah. every rookie quarterback out there is going to struggle yeah. this year. And, and in essence, to bring this all the way around, you go full circle. So essentially, his reluctance to get a free vaccination could have potentially just cost him $13.4 million. There you go. And, and, and that goes to where? It goes to the ego, right? goes to the ego, plain and simple, which we know that he has. That's why we, he acts the way he does. That's the way he says what he says. That's why he broods on the sideline, puts the towel over his head. That's why he dresses for the attention, because he has got an ego. Yeah, maybe get some, get some more soup commercials. Yeah. Get some of that money back. <laughs> Uh, I'd rather see uh, Donovan McNabb in those soup commercials, okay? Was he one of the first Campbell soup commercials? He was one of them, definitely. And it wasn't really his mom. I mean, they never have their real moms. Very rarely. Exactly. Very rarely. Terrible Tuesday takes when we come back. Turn your head and cough. Here's the doctor, T.C. Martin. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. (laughs) It's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. All right, well, we know that Javi Baez, the former Cub, has been in the news lately now with the New York Mets. Well, Sunday's game against the Washington Nationals, Javi Baez launched a 440-foot home run and then flashed a double thumbs-down sign to the Mets fans who were booing him. Now, if you haven't been following the Mets, the Mets have been atrocious lately. Uh, Fallen by the wayside in the National League East, uh, behind the Atlanta Braves, and Mets fans are pretty fed up. And it's pretty easy to be fed up with a guy like Javi Baez, who strikes out more than any infielder around basically uh likes to uh you know golf it uh, it balls in the dirt and there was a game last week where he actually missed a ball literally by 6 feet so yeah Mets fans have kind of had enough of Javi Baez but after he launched the big homer Javi Baez decided to go thumbs down to the Mets fans the man the Mets fans started booing profusely and so after the game Uh, Javi Baez needed to address this, and he was actually asked by a reporter who covers the Mets, Javi, what are you doing? Hey, Javier, what does the thumbs down celebration after a big hit mean? It's a boo that we get. 
you know, we like we're not we're not machines. We're gonna struggle, you know. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna struggle seven times out of out, out of ten, and and you know, it just it just feels bad when 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 we strike out. When I strike out and I get booed, you know, it doesn't really get to me. But like I want I want to let them know that when we success, we're gonna do the same thing to to know how to to let them know how how it feels, you know, because. If we win together, then we we gotta lose together, you know. And 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 the fans are really big part of it. So, um, in my case, they they gotta be better, you know. I, I play for the fans and I love the fans, but you know, if if they're gonna do that, they they just put more pressure on the team, and and that's not that's not what we want. So, are, is that a thumbs down to fans then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to let them know that that when we when we don't get success, we're gonna get booed. So. We, they're gonna get booed when, when, when we success. And uh, 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 is that something you came up with? Because I've noticed it sort of caught on with a lot of players, but it, I, you were the first person I noticed doing that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was my opinion, you know, and, and it's just how I feel, you know. Like like I say, I, I love the fans and I, I like I, I like playing for the fans, but we can't have our fans against us. Javi Baez uh, going right at the fans saying, yeah, you're going to boo me? Well, guess what? This is me and us booing you back. Take that. Agree or disagree with Javi Baez? Well, I kind of disagree with him because people buy their tickets and they can do what they want to. The Mets have been a disappointment this season. They have not had the results that they would like. Um, I'm not somebody who goes to a game even if the team's not that good and boos the players, if I feel that they're giving their maximum effort out there. you got to remember, too, Javi Baez played how many years in Wrigley Field? They cheer you for everything you do there. Hey, if you lose, well, we'll go have a drink to, you know, to wash, wash down our sorrows. If you win, well, we're going to have a couple of drinks then because we're celebrating the victory. So, you know, you do expect the fans to have your back, but um, they do have the right to boo. I'm not completely against what he did. I actually thought it was kind of funny a little bit. But I know the Mets executives in front offices don't like it. They call it totally unacceptable. Right, Sandy Alderson says, you know what? This is totally unacceptable. Fans have every right to boo the players. And especially the way the Mets have played. So he says, we're going to have a team meeting. I'm going to address this with these guys. And uh, he did. Then Javi Baez, this was on Sunday. We heard the press conference after the game on Sunday. So yesterday, Javi Baez met the media again. I didn't mean to offend anybody. This is something that that I've done in the past against the other team. Um, I did it in LA to the, to the, to the dugout. It's, it's not... Like, like I, I, I might say something wrong about I was booing the fans, and and I really meant like to like boo me now, like and not to the fans, to to our dugout because I I done it, I done it with the other team against against other teams, but like I never seen it the same like the the same fans and like I I didn't say the fans are bad, like I love the fans, but like <clears throat> I just felt like we were alone, like like the fans. Obviously, wants wants to win and, and like they pay our salary, like like everybody says. But like we want to win too. Like and the frustration got to us. And you know, I didn't mean to to offend anybody. And if I offend anybody, you know, we we apologize and it, I, I won't I won't lose anything with that. You know, and like we just try to move forward and leave this in the back. Javi Baez retreating a little bit, probably after the conversation from Sandy Alderson. Yeah, Javi Baez retreating because he was told to retreat. Uh, again, do you hear sincerity there? Do you? Oh, I, I don't mean to offend anybody. You had the thumbs down and you looked at the fan shaking your head. Yes, you did mean to offend him. You were basically saying, hey, you know what? No, you guys want to boo me? I'm booing you. This is my version of it. Oh, yeah, I hit it 440 feet. You can cheer me now. Where were you when I struck out the three times before? You got to support me all the way. We're all a team. It's all together. They booed you, you booed them back. Just admit it. I hate these phony apologies. Say, look, I'm sorry I did it now because I got in trouble for it. But it doesn't really change the way he feels. And, and I get it from Javi Baez's standpoint for a player. And Bryce Harper went through that as well, too. Okay, you know These guys are, are sensitive. But here's the bottom line. This is what you sign up for. You're a professional athlete. And when you're batting 210, you're going to get booed. You strike out in crucial situations, strike out more than any other shortstop or second baseman, you're going to get booed. That's just part of the deal. You deal with it. And by doing this now, you're just bringing more 
you know, uh, you know, craziness to the situation and to your team and your teammates. And then you got a polarizing figure like uh, Francisco Lindor, who is there too. So he's putting the thumbs down. Now all these guys are kind of putting the thumbs down. It's like, hey, you know, we're, we're all on board. You're just creating, you know, more tension with your fan base. And remember, Francisco Lindor, he came out and said, well, he goes, uh, it really wasn't meant for the fans. Uh, it, it was meant for our teammates in the dugout. This is a thing that we've been doing. Yeah, we've been doing this with each other. Like, no disrespect to the fans. That's Francisco Lindor. Oh, let's remember, this is the same clown that was sitting there and talking about a rat in the clubhouse, right? So I don't take anything this guy says as verbatim. It was, it was funny because I told him, I was like, hey, I'd never seen a New York rat. So we went down sprinting. I want to go see a New York rat. And he got mad at me. He's like, no, it's not a rat. It's a raccoon. I'm like, hell no, man. It's a damn rat. It's a New York rat, man. I was just crazy because... If we were going back and forth debating if it was a rat or a raccoon. <laughs> crazy, man. Yeah, what's crazy, man, is uh, you were fighting with a teammate, so you want to deflect from that and say, no, no, we're, we were arguing if it was a rat or a raccoon. Now he's saying, like, oh, no, no, no disrespect to the fans. We're just doing it amongst ourselves. Maybe in New York they have rat coons instead or something. I don't know, but it's a, yeah. But no, and again, for them to say that, and and even when Bias was talking about it, oh, no, the fans got to be on the same page with us. You know, they have that. Giving them a thumbs down is not a way to get them on the same page with you. You know, it's, uh, I, I don't know if you know that, but it's kind of like Humanity 101. Oh, by the way, uh, who hit the game-winning uh, RBI for the Mets today? Javi Baez. <laughs> Did he get a thumbs up? Uh, I would I, I imagine so, right? <laughs> WBC middleweight champion Jermel Charlo was arrested last Wednesday on felony robbery charges following a dispute with a waitress... Over a bar tab. Now, Charlo was booked on three counts of second-degree robbery stemming from this incident uh, back in July. Charlo posted bond for all three charges and was released. Now, Charlo and some friends of his were at a bar in San Antonio the night before his brother was actually fighting on that card where uh, Jermel fought uh, Brian uh, Castellano for the undisputed junior middleweight championship. Now, Charlo did not pay... A very large bill after his credit card was declined, not once, not twice, but three times at the bar. So he struck out. He did strike out. <laughs> Javi Baez, welcome to the bar. <laughs> bar employees told police that Charlo accused a waitress of losing his credit card and demanded that she pay the bill instead. Surveillance video showed that Charlo was going through two of the waitress's uh, bills collection binders. You know how the servers have their binders on stuff. Where, uh, which contained his ID and uh, other customers' cash payments. When the binders were returned, police said they were empty. <laughs> no cash, no nothing? No nothing. So Charlo yelled at, at uh, the, the managers, the bartenders, and uh, again, we can't play what he said, but he said, uh, F you all, uh, I'm going to F this place up. Now, the Texas Penal Code states that a robbery charge is escalated to a second-degree felony if it involves a threat or places, uh, uh, you know, in fear of another, of fear of intimate uh, bodily danger or, or injury or death. Now, this crime is punishable for 2 to 20 years and a fine of up to $10,000. It is in the state of Texas, so, you know, they don't mess around there. But, uh, yeah, uh, Charlo in a little bit of trouble here. So... If you steal money from the waitress and your credit card was denied three times, do you then pay the bill with the money that you stole? And do you tip extra for it since it's not really your money? I don't know what all the protocol and all that stuff is. Yeah. But at least it is all alleged at this point. But it is kind of curious that they have the videotape and all of a sudden yeah, the binders all of a sudden have nothing on yeah. them. So, yeah. And why was there two waitresses that they were looking at their binders? I don't know. I guess he had a large party there. Maybe two servers were... Yeah. Serving a large party. Or maybe the one didn't have enough cash in her binder to cover the tab. You know, a very large <laughs> bill, uh, what they said. So, you know, if you go back and you look at Jermel Charlo, both the Charlo brothers, okay? Okay, this guy's credit card. This is what caught me. Your credit card is denied three times here. Do you know what his average paydays have been for his last 10 fights? No. Okay. So, he's had base pays. I'll just go down to, like, the last 10 fights, Okay. These are guarantees, okay? 500000 
750,000, 500,000, 800,000, 850,000, 500,000 again, 800,000, okay? And then he also had on these, these are all pay-per-views, and they had percentages of pay-per-views ranging from 50 to 65%. So he took home a minimum of those last 10 fights. Each fight, he took home a minimum of $1.5 million. Each fight. So that's at least $15 million. At least. Exactly, right? So he... He probably should have been able to cover the tab. You would think, or right? Or have a credit card that wouldn't get the knife. Yeah, and not uh, you know stealing other people's cash out of waitresses' binders. Yeah. Jermel Charlo will continue to follow this story. Hopefully that restaurant knocked them out of their rotation. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, as bad as that story is, there's a guy in sports that I hate a hundred times more than him or pretty much almost anybody in the sporting world. And he's in the news again, and I don't know why, because I'm tired of hearing about this scumbag piece of garbage. Not Pac-Man Jones, is it? But Adam Pac-Man Jones has come out and said, I should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I am better than Devin Hester was. No doubt about it. First or second, but he thinks he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So you look at the stats, and he goes, look at the stats, and you'll see it. Well, he did average... One more yard per return on kickoffs. He averaged almost two yards fewer on punt returns. He had five punt return touchdowns, zero kickoff return touchdowns. Devin Hester, 14 punt returns for kickoffs, for touchdowns. Kickoff returns, five touchdowns on him. So 19 to 5. But he should definitely be a first ball. Why is this scumbag still in the news? Why isn't he in jail? Why does anybody give a damn about him? And why doesn't somebody shut him up permanently? Quit putting a mic in front of his face. He's garbage. He's a piece of you-know-what, which I can't say on the air. Well, I can once, I guess. But, um, yeah, he's absolute garbage. You're not Devin Hester. You're not anything close to Devin Hester. You're a piece of scum on the bottom of Devin Hester's shoe. You are 100% correct on, on all accounts. But I ask you, would you have this much vile and emotion if it was somebody besides Devin Hester, a former bear? Yes. Okay. Because I hate Pac-Man Jones yeah. way more than I like Devin Hester. Uh, because th- my buddy was a DJ at mm-hmm. the club that night in Vegas. Right. And uh, famously, what, 2007 NBA yeah, All-Star Weekend? at the Minx Nightclub. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was involved in... A murder, basically, right? Well, uh, there was a murder in the parking lot. There was also a security guard who is paralyzed and will be paralyzed for the rest of his life that he is on video ordering somebody to get the gun and shoot him. I don't know who's putting microphones in front of him, uh, again, unless it's a TMZ type of a thing. But for the most part, this is a guy that will seek out, just like a lot of these guys, will seek out social media will go on you know, their platforms, and they'll just start boasting or, or whatever. I mean, you're right. Pac-Man Jones is, is not relevant at all. And a guy that will is, is, is just showing the same ridiculous juvenile personality that he's shown basically his entire career. I mean, go back to West Virginia. Go back to his time you know, in the NFL. No, yeah, I agree. The, the guy is, is a joke, and whatever comes out of his mouth means absolutely nothing. <laughs> High school football, my friend. You know that uh, ESPN has gotten to this high school football scene for quite some time now, the last few years, and we're seeing games all the time, Fridays and Saturdays and that sort of thing. I really don't watch too much of it because, again, I'd rather focus on professional football and college football. But, yes, and then more uh, I get irritated with of these fabricated you know, high schools that are glorified colleges like IMG Academy. And, you know, the Bishop Gorman is in there, except Bishop Gorman is an accredited Catholic private high school, and they have done it the right way. And you get tremendous athletes that will come and play Bishop Gorman, okay? But these academies, they are a joke. We see it in basketball. We see it in football. We see these powerhouses. So this past weekend, we had a game on ESPN, the IMG Academy in Florida, Played Bishop Sycamore. Now, I, I know a lot of my saints and bishops and that sort of thing. So right when I heard Bishop Sycamore, I'm going, is there a bishop over a tree? Never heard of a Catholic institution, Bishop Sycamore. But anyway, uh, most of these games 
are the best against the best. And there is this company that ESPN contracts out with um, who books all of these games. So they're called Paragon. So Paragon set up this game, ESPN broadcast it, and then when they were the, the game was unfolding, the final score was 58 to nothing, IMG Academy over Bishop Sycamore Tree. All right? So when they were doing the game, they said, wait a minute, this roster looks a little bit different. Uh, so they started looking up info about the players, and they couldn't find any. They started Googling these players and could not find anything. So upon further review, we look at Bishop Sycamore actually played a game. This game was on Sunday on ESPN. They played a game Friday night. Yes, they played a high school football game on Friday night. Now, the coach, when questioned about this, is, whoa, whoa, well, yeah, we did play a game, but, you know, only like 15 guys played in that game, and we kind of split them up a little bit. Well, again, upon further review, Bishop Sycamore was 0-6 last season. They were outscored 342-49. to uh, Then there's this question, does the school even exist? When you look up the address of the school, the address is a rec center in Columbus, Ohio. The Ohio Department of Education does not list Bishop Sycamore as a charter school, like they claim, under that name or anything close to it. So the question is, is this rec center an actual school? Do they have desks? They're not even accredited by the state of Ohio. But, uh, yes. So shame on ESPN. Shame on Paragon for not doing their homework. And ESPN says in the future they will talk to Paragon and they will try to do better and provide better matchups. But the bottom line is, this school got paid a lot of money to be in this nationally televised game. And they play this independent schedule. This was the first game of uh, this year. They got six other big-time schools. They're cashing the check. I don't know which bank they're cashing the check. And I don't know where the money's going because the school might not even exist. Well, was it the Sycamore Rec Center? <laughs> was, you know, I mean, it's I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems kind of weird that how does something like this happen? I mean, what kind of a – every time I watch ESPN Sports Center, all I hear them say is, our stuff is better than yours. We know everything going on in the world. Our equipment's better. Our, our crack research team is better. You didn't even know what the hell you are putting on the air. Uh, how is this – remotely possible there. And the other school, does that count as a win for the other school if you beat a rec center against a school that probably isn't even really a school? Well, they played. They got they got players. They showed up. They got drilled 58 to nothing, fabricated all of this stuff for the most part, uh, r- rosters of players, and, and yeah, yeah. And uh, 0-6 last year got to outscored by 300 points. But they did it so they could get the check. That's why they did it. Well, now, in their defense, maybe they're taking that check because they're going to have a telethon or something down the road to build the school that doesn't exist. Maybe they're turning down the rec center. Maybe the rec center is part of on the land, and they're going to help contribute to that, too. You mean you're there to take the check and give it to the uh, the the St. Uh, Catherine's Blessed of the Orphanage with uh, Jake and Elwood and uh, help Curtis out there a little bit? In the Penguin? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. But, yeah. but to do it, the they, get, of the, of they, the they have to find the biggest ballroom in Wisconsin to do their performance <laughs> That's right. That's it. <laughs> They're on a mission from God. Yes. Well, you know, we're talking about It's Terrible Tuesday, and I don't know if you knew this or not, but I just saw this just come down. It's a terrible Tuesday for Simone Biles, who's had a little bit of roughness right now, but she just found out some more bad news. Her boyfriend on the Houston Texans just got cut from the team. Oh, boy. Jonathan Owens did not make the team. So now they're wondering, do they have to do their relationship long distance? Is he going someplace else? Now he's on the practice squad last year. So there's a chance that maybe he's on the Texans practice squad again. If you're only good enough to make the Texans practice squad, I don't know where that puts your NFL future down the road here, but... um, Yeah, they were kind of thinking, okay, well, this is the year. We saw Simone when she came back from Tokyo. You know, there's a lot of video of them. They were back together. They seem like they're young and in love and very happy. But probably not too happy today. On the cut day, 
We're talking about guys like Cam Newton. Well, there's other fatalities as well that get in that cut list. And unfortunately, Simone Biles, who's already got some issues going on right now, now her boyfriend gets cut from the Houston Texans. The city she resides in, will he be there or will he have to go someplace else? Mm, wow. I, I, I think that this Simone's going to be okay uh, mentally, emotionally, and financially. I think she'll she'll be okay with that. Financially, she seems to be doing. Yeah, well. I, I I think so. So and uh, so that can uh, you know ease the pain uh, a little bit there. So okay, interesting takes there. All right, uh, we got a couple more that we're going to hit on uh, next hour uh, as well too. But uh, just to following up from the story, this is gaining a lot of legs now. Bishop uh, Sycamore, um, and just to, to add to what I just said. They did a little more homework on this, not on just the players, but they also did a little homework on the head coach. Apparently, the coach currently has an active arrest warrant. Yes. Most of the players were JUCO dropouts who had nowhere to go but still wanted to play football. So they're playing for Bishop Sycamore. Oh, and by the way, you know there is this age requirement or limit they have. Can't be over the age of 18 to play. There are a couple of players that are 22 and 23 years old. <laughs> so you're telling me maybe Simone Biles' boyfriend has a new place to play football. Just saying, breaking news here. We're, we just got a picture of this. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Cam Newton in a Bishop Sycamore jersey. He's wearing the number one. He could be playing next week on ESPN. Now is the uh, girls' school for them the Sister Sycamore Academy uh, then? I don't know. <laughs> When I heard this story and I said, okay, it's, you know, it's not Bishop Francis. It's not Bishop Gorman. It's not, it's Bishop Sycamore. Really? Really? Because there's always, you know, a Catholic connotation when you have a school with the first word of bishop. Well, there should be. It's really named after a bishop. Yes. And, yes. and there should be. Yeah. Which shows right there the lack of of planning and thought they put into naming this phony school, <laughs> and ESPN still couldn't find out that they weren't legit. <laughs> Forget about too legit to hey. quit. They weren't too legit to even exist. They are the worldwide leader in sports. I remember that. Yes, because they're... Their toys are better than ours. <laughs> if you've got some uh, terrible Tuesday takes, hit us uh Twitter at VGKFrank or at TCMartin21. And, uh, yeah, I got another one we'll hit on next hour. But when we come back, T.J. Reeves talks to us from Buccaneers training camp. We talk more NFL.